We are so glad you've joined us today for our Tuesday broadcast of Abiding in the Word with Dave Love, Senior Pastor of Calvary Castle Rock. Today we are continuing our study in the book of 2 Samuel. So let's listen in now to Pastor Dave. In your trials will be over. Before we get to the Davidic covenant, which by the way is unconditional, I want us to take a look at the different eight covenants that we have in God's word. The word covenant here, it is one that speaks of the cutting of the flesh. It means it is so, these covenants are so, these aren't covenants you say, eh, I'll just break it off. No, it would cause death. These are very, very serious things when you make a covenant. A covenant in every case in scripture, whether, uh, whatever covenant it is with God and man, it's always initiated by who? God. God always initiates the covenant. Two types of covenants in the Bible when it comes to God and man. Unconditional and conditional. A conditional covenant is a bilateral covenant in which a proposal of God to man is characterized by the formula. If you do this, then I will do this. Okay? But man's failure to do so renders that covenant obsolete at that point two of the eight covenants of the bible are conditional the edenic covenant the one in eden as well as the mosaic covenant that we shall see an unconditional covenant is a unilateral covenant and it is a sovereign act of god whereby he unconditionally obligates himself to bring to pass these blessings whether you're faithful or not because it's going to, it's, it's going to um, be his responsibility to make it happen. That's why when you, as we'll see here in a moment, when it comes to uh, Abraham, he says, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, not if you do this, this, or this. So that makes it unconditional. Six of the eight covenants are unconditional. The Adamic covenant with Adam, uh, the Noatic covenant, the Abrahamic covenant, the land covenant, the Davidic covenant, and the new covenant. Five of these eight covenants were made exclusively with Israel, while the other three were made to mankind in general. One of the five covenants made with Israel is conditional, the Mosaic covenant. The other four are not, the Abrahamic covenant, the land covenant, the Davidic covenant, and the new covenant. Four things should be noted concerning the nature of unconditional covenants first they're literal covenants they're not hyper spiritual they're not um, something like that they are literal covenants second the covenants that god has made with israel they're eternal forever and they're not in any way restricted or altered by time the third thing we need to understand it's very necessary to reemphasize that these are unconditional covenants and they're not abrogated because of Israel's disobedience. And then the fourth thing, these covenants were made with specific people, Israel. This is why Romans chapter 9, verse 4 says, Who are the Israelites to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service of God, and the promises? And so this passage here clearly points out that these covenants were made with the covenanted people, and they're Israel's possession. In Ephesians 2.11, it says, Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at the time you were without Christ, 
being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and with God in the world. And so the Gentiles were considered strangers from these covenants. Okay? Now I want you to go to Genesis chapter 1. This is the covenant of Eden. The Edenic covenant. Verse 27 says this. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So, this has been given to mankind. This is what you're supposed to do. But there is a condition involved. If you go over to chapter 2, verse 15. Then the Lord God took the man, put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day of you eat it, you shall surely what? Die. So, this covenant is conditional on the fact that they don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Did they? They did. They partook of that. And so because of that, they broke the covenant and brought in death. And so that covenant, which was given to all mankind through Adam at that point, um, is broken and it is not in effect today. Now, second one is known as the Adamic covenant. Really not a great covenant because it's really a covenant of curse that is in place today. Okay? It starts in verse 14. So the Lord God's of chapter 3 After they ate of the fruit, it says, So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you're cursed more than all the cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go. You shall eat dust all the days of your life. I'll put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. As we know that that is speaking the Messiah who is to come, that there, even through this curse, there's a promise in there that, yes, there's going to be enmity between the seed of, of the woman, which we know that the women don't have seed, so that's speaking of the virgin birth right there. What I so love about this chapter and about what's going on here in chapter 3 is that it sounds like the Lord scrambles, gets together his team, oh, no, now do, what do we do? God knew this was going to happen, and he already had something in place. He already had something in place. And he says, look, this was gonna, there's going to be enmity here between your seed, which is, speaks of the Messiah who is to come, the virgin birth, Jesus Christ, and the seed or those who choose to follow Satan in the world. There's going to be this, this um, adversarial, this, this bruising. He shall bruise your head, meaning the seed of the woman. That's a death blow. And you shall bruise his heel. There'll be a wounding. Satan definitely causes all sorts of problems and things like that. Does a wounding, puts him up on on the cross thinking that he has victory there. But as we know, Jesus had victory on the cross. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be over your husband and he shall rule over you. What that means is that because of her part in this, um, now she is going to have pain in childbirth. And that she is going to have to 
um, there is going to be this uh, a nature in her that she's going to have a desire to want to rule over her husband. She's the one that's going to want to lead. And there's always going to be that struggle that goes on. And then it says, And to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat, curses the ground for your sake. See, you're going to have dominion over the garden. You're going to be able to put your hands and things are just going to grow. You're going to have not only a green thumb but green fingers. That's how easy it was going to be for you. All right? But now it says, Curses the ground for your sake, which tells us that that brought the earth under the curse as well because of what he has done. In toil you shall eat of it. There's going to be hard labor now. All the days of your life, both thorns and thistles that shall bring forth, and you shall eat the herb of the field. And in the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, and dust you are, and the dust you shall return. So in this covenant we see the Satan is cursed, the woman is cursed through pain and childbirth, a desire to rule over her husband. Man is cursed with hard labor. The earth is cursed with thorns and thistles, and physical death has come. Guess what? That covenant is still effect. Don't you see it all around you? Still in effect. And it's unconditional for all mankind. Okay, that's unconditional for all mankind. We're still in that. Then you have the Noadic covenant. Once you go to Genesis chapter 9. The earth was so wicked, it had gotten so bad, that God rescued Noah and his family, eight, on board the ark, destroyed everything else. And so now we have a, a new beginning here, but the, the, the earth is still under the curse. Man is still under the curse. The, 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 uh, the woman, the, Satan, everybody's still under the curse, even though it's a big do-over of sorts. Verse 1 says, So God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Ah, so what was said there in Eden is reaffirmed again, okay? You are to be fruitful, you are to be multiply. And the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, every bird of the air, and all that move on the earth and all the fish, and they are given into your hand. So there's that dominion again over, over God's creation. The word dominion there, the word here that I give into your hand, speaks of management, it speaks of care. It doesn't mean dominate and put under your thumb and do whatever you want. It does speak of, of taking care of. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. I've given you all things, even as the green herbs. But you shall not eat flesh with its life. That is the blood. Surely for your lifeblood I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast I will require it. From the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood by man, his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. As for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth, and multiply in it. So, let me ask you a question. Is that a covenant that God made with the Jews? No. They're not even around yet. This is just like in Eden. God is making this with all of mankind. This is a covenant towards mankind. And guess what? It is still in effect today. When people say, Dave, are you for or against the... uh, uh, the death penalty. I said, I'm 100% for it. <gasps> and they look at me and they, they go, but, but Jesus wouldn't do that. And that's the old law. That's in the, in, in the law of Moses. And that's over with. And No, it's not. This was way before the law of Moses. This is before the Mosaic covenant. There's a reason for this. As a matter of fact, in the Mosaic covenant, it talks about that. That when there's a murder in the land, that land is defiled. 
And until you remove that person, that land remains defiled. And up until this point, after Cain killed Abel, there was not a law of the land that you were supposed to take his life. Now, as God starts over here, he brings us to us to all of mankind. Premeditated murder. We're not talking accidental. We're not talking any of this stuff. And the Mosaic Law does tell us, you know, that there has to be two or three witnesses and, and things like that. There's a way to, to look at it today that you just don't go by what someone says. But the Bible makes it very clear. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. That's our responsibility in the face. We're cover, we're co- we are um, fulfilling what God has called us to do. And I believe that we're in direct obedience as mankind when we don't do that. Okay? This doesn't come under the Mosaic Covenant. This doesn't come over under the New Covenant. It doesn't come under any. It comes under the Noahic Covenant. This is given to all of mankind, not to just Christians, not to just Jews, not to just whoever else you want to put under that. It is, a, it is something that's given to all of mankind. That's God's word. So we're seeing in verse 1 and 7, man is to repopulate the earth. Um, second thing, we, we see the, the fear of animals are, are put into man. Um, uh, while man has lost authority over the earth, um, he was still to have dominion, have authority over the animal kingdom. Uh, and for this reason, fear has been placed uh, in animals for man. Uh, third, we see man's diet, every moving thing, green herb. You can eat that, no limitations. Um, but they're forbidden to eat blood because life is, is in the blood. Fifth, capital punishment became part of the economy. That's part of what it is there. Um, there's a promise there that humanity would never be destroyed by a worldwide flood, and, and so we're given the, uh, the rainbow there as the promise. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure you've all seen a rainbow in the last year. That's God saying this is still intact. This is still intact. So this is unconditional. It's still very much in effect. Okay? Now, the Abrahamic covenant. I want you to go to Genesis 12. Notice how many covenants we have, and we've only gotten to chapter 12 of Genesis. Verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that, and you should circle all the I wills there that God says, that I will show you. I will make you a great nation so long as you do this, this, and this. It doesn't say that. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Go to verse 7. Then the Lord appeared to Abram said to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. So, I will, I will, I will, I will. Unconditional covenant based on God's promises. Now go to chapter 13 here as we continue on. Some other things that God promises Abram. And the Lord said, Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now. Look from the place where you are northward, southward, eastward, westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. So, when people want to say 
that Israel shouldn't be in the land anymore. They had their chance and they blew it. And No, this is where this starts here with Abram, okay? Or as we know him as Abraham, I will give it to your descendants forever, forever. And I'll make your descendants as the dust of the earth so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length, its width, for I give it to you. God is the one that promises this. Now, we already read in Genesis 15, so we're not going to go there, but it talks again about from the the Nile to the river Euphrates and this whole area, this is going to be given to you. I want you to go to Genesis 22. After God says, halt to Abram, about to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac, says in verse 16, it says, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you, multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, as your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So, Again, I just want you to be able to see the land, the land that's going to be given descendants and as, as numerous as, as the, uh, the dust and, and the stars in the heaven. God promises, I will do that. I will do that. Now, the nation of Israel was going to become great. It would eventually become uh, innumerable. I don't believe that's ever happened yet. I still think that's future. Um, It was to possess all of the promised land. They have never done that in their history, possessed it all. Uh, And so these promises that were made to Abraham and his seed show that these blessings, because they have not been completed, is still future. And I believe that that will finally take place in the Messianic kingdom, myself. The Gentiles are going to be blessed for blessing Israel. They're going to be blessed. And they're going to be cursed for cursing Israel. And so I see that we still see that to this day. Who's the most blessed blessed nation in the last 200 years? It's definitely the United States. And you see what has happened in the way of us coming alongside Israel. In the last 100 years or so, we have been a nation that has been blessed considerably. I believe that that blessing is going to be taken away as soon as we uh, begin to distance ourselves from Israel. And yes, I'm going to get political. This administration has done that. So... um, and, uh, you know, 10 years from now, they're going to go, when did he say that? What administration is he talking about? Because we're not going to say the name. But this administration has done that, okay? And 10 years from now, if you want to find out who it is, you'll have to figure it out. But not a whole lot of hope and change happened. Anyway, I do want to say this, okay? I do want to say this, that be very, very concerned when you see senators, congressmen, other people that want to distance themselves from Israel, okay? And, and, and here's, here's a hint. If they're distancing themselves from Israel, if they call the current situation over in the Mideast ISIL, that's how you know. Because that speaks of the Levant, of where they, the, the, those of considering themselves ISIL believe in the Levant of, of this area that goes through the Middle East where Israel is. Is not there. But ISIS is different. 
And those who speak of ISIS are not giving them the credit of what they want to be called because they believe in that area that doesn't have Israel there. And so they won't give them that. And so that's a good way to, to, to understand where a congressman is coming from or a senator is coming from. If they're going to say ISIL, they are not one with Israel. And so I just, it's a great way to, to have that as an indicator. As, and I do, I'm sorry to say, I do see us kind of moving away from that because I do see in the future when I read God's word and prophecy, I don't really see the United States mentioned. When I don't see the United States mentioned, that tells me that we're not really for them anymore. Don't know why. This could be 100 years from now. It could be 10 years from now. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not a prophet, okay? But God promises something. He will bless those who bless them. This is one of the reasons why I love going to Israel. I love to go and bless their economy. I think you'll be blessed by going. I think that you'll be a better wife. I think you'll be a better husband. I think you'll be a better father, a better mother. I think that God will bless you. You can't outgive. And so when you go there, I do believe that the Lord does that for those of us who go to Israel. And so uh, we do still have some spots. I know that's a cheap plug and everything else, but, but uh, we do. And so if you want to come, please join. I, I think we're going to have a blessed time in February. The Mosaic Covenant. Here's the fifth covenant that we have in place. In Deuteronomy 4, 7, it says, For what great nation is there that God has so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason we may call upon him. And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as in all this law which I set before you this day? That right there tells me that, that this covenant is speaking specifically of Israel that have the statutes, the law. Um, all you have to do is read Exodus chapter 20, um, go all the way through chapter 24, 1 through 11. Um, you're going to find in there 600 uh, laws, 613 laws of what we're supposed to do, um, and um, too many to be listed here at this point. I do have some observations to be made about the Mosaic Covenant. This is a covenant that was absolutely conditional and ultimately came to an end with the death of the Messiah. So this is one that is supposed to take place until the Messiah comes, okay? Um, Romans uh, 10.4, go over there real quick so you can see that. In Romans 10.4, we read this. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Okay? Then go over to 2 Corinthians 3. Starting in verse 3, it says, Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, or a letter of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And we have such trust through Christ toward God, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God, who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter does what? Kills. But the Spirit gives life. But if the ministry of death, they're speaking of the same thing, the law there, written and engraved on stones was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? 
For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds more in glory. For even what was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. For what is passing away was glorious. What remains is much more glorious. The law was passing away. The spirit is much more glorious. And so we know that it's temporary. It is passing away. That's it for another edition of Abiding in the Word with Dave Love, Senior Pastor of Calvary Castle Rock. If you've missed any of these teachings and would like to catch up, you can download our free mobile app. It's a great way to take any of Pastor Dave's teachings with you wherever you go. All you have to do is go to the Apple App Store or Google Play and search for Calvary Castle Rock. Once you've installed the app, open it up and click on Teachings and then go to On the Radio. There you can listen to today's segment, or any of the previous segments by Broadcast Date. You can also subscribe to our radio audio podcast. If you want to learn more about our ministry, please go to our website at calvarycr.com. That's calvarycr.com. As always, thanks again for listening in today. Until our next time together, we want to encourage you to always be abiding in the Word of God. Mm -hmm.